much for tuning in. I really appreciate. We're talking about We're talking about why Amazon will not expand in Minnesota. We're talking about how frustrated I am with this sweet secret deal that uh, the politicians in Minnesota are putting together with huge benefits and goodies. um, And you know what? The existing businesses here in Minnesota, we're never going to get goodies like that ever. Um, I I talked to you about... Dayton's Minnesota includes high taxes, high energy costs, crazy labor law, increasing congestion, declining schools, and cold weather. And I warn you, even though Governor Dayton says he's not putting together much of a deal uh, for Amazon to come to Minnesota, baloney, it will have millions and millions and millions of dollars worth of goodies. And then if we make it to the second round that has the, you know, that that Amazon will take a look at, uh, people like Ramsey County, Minneapolis, Bloomington, Shakopee, they're going to all get together and they're going to sweeten the pot with their own secret deal. And it, the bottom line is we may never know what kind of a deal is put together for Amazon. So unfair to the the businesses here in Minnesota and we're already so unfriendly to businesses. When I was talking about Minnesota being named the second least tax-friendly state in the nation, uh, this is Kiplinger, and they... Mm, last year, I think last year, Minnesota was ranked sixth. Now we moved up to second. They looked at all 50 states. They ranked each by income taxes, sales taxes, gas taxes, sin taxes, and other tax rules. It was really interesting that they pointed out that Minnesota taxed the top rate of 9.85% as one of the highest in the country. One of the highest in the country. We all know that. But the part that gets um, ignored all the time, and Kiplinger actually came out and said what makes Minnesota really stand out and not in a good way is its income tax rate of 5.35%, even for the state's lowest earner. A single resident with an income of $45,000 a year would pay then pay more than two thousand dollars in income taxes the report also said minnesota's median property tax was slightly above the national average think about that i just paid my property taxes it made me furious and i i warned you ramsey county especially but hennepin you're right behind and so are a lot of the other counties get ready for sticker shock next year uh they also talked about minnesota also has a sales tax of 6.9 percent um excluding food clothing and prescription and non-prescription drugs but cities and counties have added their own uh transit taxes and local uh hospitality taxes all kinds of stuff on top of it so it really 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 is crazy when you think about it uh the crazy labor law here too is just unbelievable we saw this past year we saw minneapolis um increase their minimum wage to fifteen dollars an hour so ridiculous you're seeing an unprecedented you haven't seen this many businesses uh shut down in hospitality businesses in minneapolis or in the state of minnesota since the smoking ban which was 10 10 years ago uh but after they after they passed the $15 an hour minimum wage increase, there, every week you get a story about another business closing. This past week, there was a, a warehouse district bar called Bite, and they're closing next week after just eight months in in businesses. And the one thing Bite was proud to complain or proud to 
proclaim from the mountaintops. They built their business model around a $15 minimum wage from the ground up. And now, eight months later, they come back and they say, well, we have enjoyed a steady and loyal customer base. We have also struggled with getting the volume necessary to make our business model fiscally viable in this location. So think about that. It's, they're already driving people, uh, driving pe- businesses out of their city. That's only going to get worse as these things spread out to encompass the whole entire state. I mentioned to you a couple of weeks ago how the legislative subcommittee um, got together. That's the legislative subcommittee on employee relations got together and they rejected the union contracts the first week in in October. And I meant to talk more about this, but then we got bumped for football. Um, And now when I'm trying to explain to you why Amazon would not want to come to Minnesota, I want to just spend a few minutes talking about these these collective bargaining contracts. So you've got the unions, and they get together with the Minnesota management and budget folks and a whole bunch of other Democrats, and they say, yeah, let's give you guys a, a, a big raise. And and this year, for the first time ever, and I'm shocked, and I give the Republicans tremendous credit for this, uh, because they said, you know what, we reject, we reject those union contracts, included in the union contract were 2% across the board pay increases for 2017 and a 2.25% increase for 2018. Then they had step increases, which were included each year, about 3.6% for MAPE employees and about 2.7% for eligible AFSME employees. So some of these people are getting are getting a 10% pay raise over the next two years. That is unbelievable and unsustainable. And and when you think about it, what did I, when, when I was talking with Jeff Johnson out on the, um, out at the fair, he's, I, I told him, um, when you combine the two biggest private sector companies in the state of Minnesota, Hennepin County has more, has more, government employees than two of the biggest ones in the entire state of Minnesota. That's crazy, people. That's crazy. And that tells you government is too big and too expensive, and we have to do something to actually rein this in. Included in these union contracts um, were paid parental leave, um, Vacation, uh, oh, I'm sorry, an establishment of a suspension vacation leave reduction program and an increase in the number of hours employees received for injured on duty pay. It was really astonishing when you when you looked at how much uh, how much they how much these contracts were including when you listen to the news reports come out on this kind of stuff. Um, you never heard the rest of the story. You never heard how much of an increase they were getting, what generous benefits that they have. Um, you never heard any of that kind of stuff. And you actually had to have, um, uh, Senator Scott Newman was a prime example. He came out and he said he had to vote against the union contracts, but he also pointed out the flaws in the, in these 
contracts. And he said Minnesota management and budget, the state agency responsible for negotiating with the public unions on behalf of Minnesota, testified about the contracts, but they and and they testified about the cost of living uh, adjustments. But the the cost of living adjustments that they gave them were higher than the actual cost of living increases. And MMB, uh, Senator Newman came out and said MMB testified they intended to pay for the cost of living with a $1.23 million on savings health care premium costs, which they have absolutely no idea if that is going to actually happen. And MMB, Minnesota Budget and Management, would the representatives were unable or unwilling uh, to even provide the 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 numbers? Then you had Harold Hamilton at the uh, Anoka County Watchdog. Harold Hamilton does a a lot of really great work. I sometimes Harold irritates me, but um, his his newsletter email newsletter that he puts out every Friday from the Anoka County Watchdog. Everybody should sign up for that. Everybody should sign up for it because he also gave kudos to the legislator subcommittee uh, saying you were right to refuse to rubber stamp these collective bargaining agreements. What's interesting about these agreements, too, is even if they're rejected by the legislature, they still go into effect. So everybody still gets their gets their raise. And they did talk about some how some of the provisions were palatable, but others of them were going to exceed the cost, exceed projections by a hundred million dollars. So so where does that money come from, people? Where does that money come from? It comes from us. And you've got these highly compensated union bosses who will raise heck and go out and tell us how unfair we are because we don't support the union workers. That's not it. That's not it. But a 10% wage increase is ridiculous and is absolutely, totally out of line. When you look at a state employee represented by MAPE, who's at the top of the seniority scale, that employee can make over $120,000 a year and get 53 days paid off every year. These have to be renegotiated, have to be renegotiated, absolutely have to be renegotiated uh, with some realistic numbers in place. Okay, I wanted to try to finish up why Amazon isn't going to come here, but I still have a few more things I want to tell you about the schools, uh, our declining schools, which is absolutely appalling. There are so many school levies coming up. Uh, in, in the November election, there's one in New Brighton. I'll tell you right now, if you live in the Moundsview School District, vote no, hell no, hell no, because not only are you going to be paying another four or $500 a year for these schools on top of an incredible amount of money that you're already paying now, but like I told my neighbor, that bill you got for your kids to ride the bus, you're still going to get to pay that too. Uh, plus, I got to tell you a little bit about Dayton's green economy because this is so, so, so crazy. And then, of course, we'll get into some uh, uh, local, local, local stuff as well. Stay tuned. Lots more coming. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and Twin Cities News Talk. Yep, third quarter, the just starting, 
77. <laughs> Go Gophers. It's home, the 97th homecoming. And we got Gophers think, hockey tonight, too, by the way. Oh, yeah. Go for, and 6.30. 6.30 on, uh, on our station. And Stan and I will both be back next week. Uh, full shows. But then the week after that, we're bumped again for hockey, right? So right after Halloween. So nothing in October. Okay, we're talking about some of the reasons why Amazon will not come here. And what we've, um, it's MEA weekend this weekend. And I think what a lot of people have forgotten and or ignore. Uh, because if they knew the how our schools were deteriorating that and the amount of money, half our budget goes to schools in Minnesota, whether you're talking pre-K, whether you're talking K through 12, or whether you're talking the colleges and university, it's over half our state budget. And I'll tell you folks, we're not getting the bang for our buck. Um, you're, you you had Channel 5 come out with a shocking story about how uh, under Mark Dayton's watch in in um, our Minnesota schools, there is just a, a shocking amount of unreported sexual misconduct in these uh, teachers, janitors, uh, bus drivers, I don't care, whoever they are, um, paras uh, that are just moved around from school to school, covered up. And putting additional children at risk and and children who have been abused, maybe not getting the the help that they need to get. You've also had um, our own uh, our own Department of Education here in Minnesota has come out and reported some of the appalling statistics that we've seen, especially in Minneapolis and St. Paul. Um, and, and it's just un- unacceptable. It's it's decade after decade of failing the the children who go to it, it outrages me how much money goes to Minneapolis and St. Paul school districts and the horrible product, the horrible education that they are giving the children year after year after year after year. Uh, I have a, a friend of mine, her daughter Char- started a charter school. I'm going to bring her in. I was going to bring her in this week, but it's MEA. And I thought, oh, she probably needs the weekend off um, to talk about it and, and, Charter schools are a great option. Homeschooling is a great option. Sending your kid to a different school, a private school, uh, rather than Minneapolis or St. Paul, are are wonderful options that are uh, online schools, are wonderful options that are out there. Parents really, really, really have to pay attention to what's going on in their school. American Experiment has done a fabulous job of exposing the Edina School District. So for years, the Edina School District has has made every national list for great schools forever. But um, and an American Experiment, I want to give you kudos for this, too. Uh, far too often people think of American Experiment as a think tank and they write white papers and they don't do everything. You know what I'm starting to see from American Experiment and I thank them for this. They're calling them American Experiment Think and Action Tank. I love that. I love that. Uh, so they made a charge of political indoctrination, and you've seen it everywhere. You see the Star Tribune has covered it. NPR has covered it. They put together this fabulous magazine, and they and they found a donor. I know who the donor is. And they found a donor who mailed it out to all the Edina households, and that makes for a very exciting race for the Edina School Board this year. Um, and And you know what? They, they, 
American Experiment has always done great things. Unfortunately, nobody ever heard about it. But this time, they made um, a, a huge splash with it. And like I said, all the media covered it. What I thought, I, I don't want people to lose track of the site, uh, lose track of the fact is in Edina, the test scores are sinking like a rock. One in five Edina High School students can't read at grade level. Grade level. One in three cannot do grade level math. This is Edina, folks. This is Edina. These test results dropped the Edina High School's ranking among Minnesota high schools from 5th to 29th in reading proficiency and from 10th to 40th in math proficiency between 2014 and 2017. Across the district, 30% of the children are not on track for success in reading, and the same is true in math. That is absolutely amazing. So they took American Experiment, mailed out a copy of their Thinking Minnesota magazine, which I thought was so good, I actually sent a copy home with Stan last week so he could read it and study up on it and figure out what was going on. But, okay, so they mailed out a, um, a 27,000 copies of this magazine. They mailed it out to Edina residents. And, of course, the lefties freaked out. The lefties were going crazy on Facebook, going crazy in the Star Tribune. They, they vowed they were going to collect a huge number of the copies of Thinking Minnesota and deliver them back to their office. Um, American Experiment, John Hinderachter, said he was very skeptical, but he hoped they would try. So last week, last week... Two Edina lefties delivered, are you ready for this? They sent out 27,000 issues to Edina residents. Guess how many came back? You ready for how many came back? 14. 14. I think I put this up on my Facebook page. If I didn't, go to the American Experiment page uh, website. You can figure out what's what's going on. Um, they write, They wrote nasty, horrible things like... You know, F-Y or, well, and you know what the F stands for. I cannot say that word on air, um, but all kinds of other things on it. So 27,000 magazines, and they got 14 back. Uh, lefties are mean and nasty, nasty, nasty people. Um, anyway, the um, you're... you're Edina isn't the only school that's seeing things like this. What's shocking is Edina's been at the top for so long. And this social justice mentality, this equity mentality, this, uh, it, it, it really bothers me. I talked about uh, Moundsview. We had a Moundsview school district teacher, uh, Richard Rosovich. I don't even know who he is. I don't think he was there when my children went there. And I, put, I did post this one up on, uh, on my Facebook page. You can also read it in MinPost. Uh, equity must be a lived value at all schools. And he talked about how parent-teacher conferences were a gut check, an equity gut check. And I'm like, what the heck are you even talking about? You had a bunch of undivined buzzwords. It was irritating to hear these people make assertions about the systematic racism that's going on in our schools and in our community and in our government and in our police department and in well in this case it was schools but 
I am so irritated by this. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna save his letter so when we get a chance to talk about race, that's gonna that's gonna be one of my highlights that I want to make sure you all uh, you all uh, get to hear about. Okay, this a week ago. Maybe two weeks now. Things happen fast in the Trump administration. Uh, The Trump EPA launched a process to repeal Obama's EPA junk science powered job killing climate hoax known as the clean power plan. And I mean, what a joke it did. Even Obama, (laughs) even Obama and his own EPA admitted that the clean, clean power plan would have no impact on climate. I mean, this is just so absolutely crazy. But Mark Dayton and Tina Smith, of course, doubled down on this. They they emphasized over and over again the positive impact renewable energy has had on the Minnesota economy. And I want you to listen very, very carefully when Mark Dayton talks about the green economy. He's talking about the green economy, but it, it when you hear him say those words, you think to yourself, follow the money, follow the money, Follow the money because some of Mark Dayton's friends are getting super rich off the plans that they put in place uh, that are driving up the the costs of energy for all of us. And people don't realize how this especially hurts the poor. It especially hurts the poor who are, are already having a tough time making making ends meet in our high tax state. And not only do you have the Democrat governor's candidates want to increase the gas tax, which is so regressive, they want to continue to drive up our energy costs, continue to drive up our labor costs, continue to tax the snot out of everyone, high and low income uh, income wage earners. It is just so ridiculous. So I want you to just remember uh, clean energy is not the... Uh, silver bullet that we're looking for who saw the picture down in um puerto rico puerto rico who saw the picture in puerto rico uh it was row after row after row after row of solar panels that were wiped out by the hurricane wiped out by that was it maria um just wiped out and they wonder why they don't have power now there are a lot of issues down in in okay, puerto I think, rico i don't want to say defense, that it's just I think, that uh, the yeah. power lines would have fell down too oh the power lines did fall down and and of all the times that they've rebuilt it after all the hurricanes did they bury those power lines stan did they bury those power lines hell no they didn't they put up solar panels what do they think a hurricane's going to do to a solar panel or a or a windmill or any of that other kind of stuff. You know exactly what I'm talking about. They should have been buried the last time. And then you're starting to see in Minnesota a bigger push. Remember how I told you I think there were over 600 electric car charging stations now? And how we're going to go towards all-car charging stations? Stan, answer me this. I saw a Volt and a Tesla on the way to work today. Okay. So if you plug one in, how long does it take to charge the thing? Um, It all depends. they got some that you can charge them from empty to full in about... I think 20 minutes. Okay. So let's say you and I have to come to work, but we don't have any electricity. Are we going to sit at the electric gas station for 20 minutes while our car charges? 
Huh. Well, I guess you have to. I mean, think about it. <laughs> think about that. Isn't that the craziest thing? Can you imagine all the people? Oh, I'm going to go to the, to the ch- car charging station. I'm just going to hang out for like 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. Although yeah. my truck, it, as much gas as it holds, takes about 10 to fill that. So yeah. only half as long. <laughs> <laughs> my, my new one, too, takes a lot. I thought my last one took a lot to fill up. But oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so anyway, the whole point is follow the money. Because the point of... An energy industry is to generate energy. It's not to generate jobs, especially low-paying jobs. And when I say follow the green, I mean follow the green. Because pretty much, pretty much, uh, Governor Dayton's friends are getting rich off off of these schemes. And again, I will thank uh, Center for the American Experiment. They did a great job putting together how um, a nice expose, a nice report on how billions of dollars have been spent in Minnesota um, in their uh, in their quest for aggressive clean energy policies. And in spite of billions of dollars, they still haven't delivered on the entire environmental protection goals, the jobs, the energy saving, anything. So it's in, and in fact, our energy costs are have, have only gone up under those ridiculous ones. And keep an eye on XL Energy if they split from Minnesota and North Dakota because the states differ on their energy policy. You're going to see North Dakota's continue to go down, 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 and you're going to see Minnesota's continue to go up, up, up. All right. We'll take a quick break when we come back. Local, local, local. I got so much stuff on local. And I'd like you to call in with your highlights or lowlights from any local races as well. Stay tuned. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Good Saturday afternoon, everyone. How you doing? Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the cleverly named Sue Jeffers Show, Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and com. So almost every week I put in my uh, show local, 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 that local elections matter. These are the, the people in your city council, in your county commission, on your county commission, on your school boards. They have a huge impact on your life. And half the time people, well, half the time they can't even name them. Uh, The other half of the time they have absolutely no idea what's going on. I've been out lit dropping a lot and it's shocking how uninformed some of you people are. Uh, shocking how misinformed some of you are. Yesterday, I had, I was out lit dropping and we were talking about our, our bat poop crazy mayor in New Brighton. And, and I, they said, what do you think of her? And I said, I think she's unprofessional and uncivil. And they go, and, and I go, okay, let me make this perfectly clear. This is not what the candidates I'm lit dropping for uh, would say. And you have to call them and ask them what they would say. I think she's bat poop crazy. And I think she's unprofessional. I think she's rude. I think she's condescending. And I think she's a liar. And they're like, okay, you feel strongly about her. And I said, yeah, that's why I'm out here. I'm out here because, and, and in fact, I wasn't even dropping for a mayor candidate. I was dropping for two city council members. And it, I mean, it was just hilarious. And I'll, I'll give you some updates on the new Brighton race. Um, but there are other, uh, you're, you're seeing a lot of media. Oh, 
sorry, I didn't quite finish my thought before I went down that rabbit hole for New Brighton because I could get lost on that rabbit hole for a super long time. But when I talk about local, 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 one of my friends said to me, I thought you said loco, loco, like L-O-C-O, loco, like crazy loco. And so now I've decided instead of local, 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 I'm going to say loco, 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 at least when I'm talking about some of the things that I'm talking about today. St. Cloud has um, a lot of stuff going on. Their their city council, their mayor, uh, they have a lot of stuff going on because they're they're trying to pass a resolution that would attempt to stop refugees from resettling in St. Cloud, and it's it's gotten quite contentious up there. And I really think uh, the St. Cloud mayor, Dave Kleiss, I think that's how you say his name. I've met him. Um, I, I liked him, and and I will stay, say it again. Just because I like someone doesn't mean their policies are good. And and if I rip them on the radio, it doesn't mean I don't like them. It just means their policies stink. Um, I've always liked the St. Cloud mayor. I've always been pretty impressed with the way he handles things because that's a very evenly divided city. I think you have, you know, half lean to the right and half lean to to the the left and they're going to have their hands full up there. Uh in St. Paul, you have 10 candidates on on the ballot for St. Paul and both St. Paul and Minneapolis have that ranked choice voting. So that's going to keep things interesting too. The headlines have taken a lot of, um, have sucked a lot of air out of some of these other races because of how crazy these candidates are in Minneapolis and in St. Paul. Ten candidates for mayor in St. Paul, 16 candidates on the ballot uh, for mayor in Minneapolis. Uh, uh, this, these are supposed to be nonpartisan races, and you're seeing a lot of them go out for the DFL endorsement. Same thing happened uh, when I ran for county commissioner. The other lady got the DFL endorsement. The same thing happened in New Brighton, where you got a bunch of them who are endorsed by the by the Democrats. Well, I'm sorry. This is a nonpartisan position. This is very, very important that you listen to all the people in your city. And in fact, there was an article in the Star Tribune about the New Brighton candidate forum for mayor and city council and even specifically talked about how uh, some of the candidates were very interested in talking and listening with the whole community versus some of the others and and i think that's just really 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 an important step um people have been coming after me mayor hodges too and i've been reading a lot of mayor hodges stuff lately and the the I like to read the comments section underneath so I know where the people in Minneapolis and St. Paul and New Brighton and everywhere else are coming from. And the one that I see under any story that has to do with Mayor Hodges is two words. Bye, Felicia. Those are the two words. And I think that's right. I think Mayor Hodges is going to lose. I think it's whether it's her handling with the police department, her handling with Black Lives Matter. Um, I think it's jacking up the the energy costs. And, you know, they say, oh, this is such a good thing. Mayor Hodges is going to increase the natural gas and electricity fan electricity franchise fees by 0.5%. Oh, it's such a little amount. It's not a little amount if you can't pay your heating bill. We're looking at snow. 
We're looking at snow on Friday. I know. Sorry about that. Um, the interesting thing in um, Minneapolis is you've got some people who are DFL endorsed, some people who are uh, independent, some people who are libertarians. Uh, Charlie Gers is the libertarian. I don't know him. I should probably check him out. Most of them are DFL, of course. That should surprise absolutely no one. But you also have candidates running in Minneapolis for the Socialist Workers Party. Yeah, you heard me right. Socialist Workers Party. In our, in our, in the United States of America. Socialist Workers Party. You got another guy who's running. Now, remember, when you run for office, you can write in anything you want. I could write in the Blueberry Muffin Party if I wanted to. Um, You got a guy named Ian Simpson who never met him either. Uh, He's the Idea Party. You've got the always available Captain Jack Sparrow, who's the Basic Income Guarantee Party. I posted a great article on that one on Facebook. It's a Federalist article. Go read it. In fact, I just posted it up today, so you shouldn't have any any trouble finding it. There is That is such a bad, bad, bad idea, and I shouldn't have to tell you why it's a bad, bad, bad idea. Uh, and you've got David John Wilson. Never met him. Never heard of him. Haven't seen one thing from him. Guess what party he is? Rainbows, Butterflies, and Unicorn Party. So at at least some of them are being honest. What I really want to warn people about is Raymond Dean. Raymond Dean is the house rep um, for you nut jobs who vote him in over and over and over again. Wake up and smell the roses. Well, now he doesn't want to be your house rep anymore. Now he wants to be the mayor of Minneapolis. He said, and I quote, I will fight to be a sanctuary county and for undocumented people's right to vote in city elections. So if you vote for Raymond Dean, you are voting for him to fight to be a sanctuary county. I don't know how he's going to do that. Well, you never know with the trend and the way it's going, maybe. But the idea that undocumented people, that Ill- illegal aliens can come in and vote in, in in city elections is absolutely shocking and appalling, and it shouldn't happen. Uh, the downtown Minneapolis business groups, I'm so furious at you. You guys are so dumb and a little late to the party. I'll tell you about it when we come back. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, Twin Cities News Talk. Well, once again, horrible mismanagement, time management on my on on my. Just have too part. much stuff to chat about. Oh my gosh, I wanted to talk about racism and white privilege and white supremacists and and I. I you can I, talk about that any day of the year, though. Yeah, and and I'm I'm going to, and I wanted to spend a lot of time talking about renaming uh, Lake Calhoun, which is so crazy. I had so many more. Loco, loco, loco stories that I wanted to to tell people about. But I have to spend just a little bit of time uh, here now on the Minnesota. 
and Halloween. I have so much I want to say about the costume police, too. I mean, that's just crazy, Stan. That's crazy. And you know what? You know what else bothers me? We'll talk about this next week because USA Today had this story about how the it was the number one candy for every state in the United States. And for Minnesota, they said Tootsie Rolls. <laughs> Get, no, Tootsie Pop. Give me a break. So I went out and took a survey of my neighborhood kids. Tootsie Pop wasn't even in the top 20. And you know what? If I go to the store, I'm not buying the Tootsie. I like them. Don't get me yeah, wrong. Yeah, they're good. But, yeah, but they're... Who in Minnesota buys Tootsie Pops? Apparently a lot of people. <sighs> well, whoever did that study is 100% wrong. But you know what? I purposely started pulling some Halloween stuff together, so we didn't get to it today. We'll for sure get to it next week, and hopefully we can get to my thoughts and comments on... Um, and and you know what this started from? This started from uh, the city of New Brighton and and having a mayor and a couple city council people who talk about how racist and unwelcoming the people are in in uh, the city of New Brighton, and they never give me any examples about how how we're racist or how we're systematically racist or or how we have white privilege, and they just ignore their own. Uh, bias, their own racist tendencies, their own racism as they try to paint everyone who doesn't think exactly like them with a racist brush. So you can be sure I'll, 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 I'll get to that too. And I just don't appreciate our mayor and some of the city council members and some of the candidates running for city council. I don't appreciate them calling, uh, half of our city racists. And how does that bring us together? How does that, how does that make us unified? How does that help me? It's just so demeaning. It demeans real racism. It is so condescending and insulting. I can't hardly stand it. But you know what? That's on the list for next week. Uh, Minneapolis downtown businesses are trying to make a late push to swing the city council race. Not the mayor's race. Uh Uh-uh. The city council race. And I got to tell you, you business owners in downtown Minneapolis, just how damn stupid are you? Okay, I have been warning you for years, for years and years and years and years, get your act together, get organized. And 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 it's an interesting thing because you've got all these businesses and and I speak from experience from this. I'll back it up 10 years ago when we were fighting the smoking ban. The business owners, most of them don't live in Minneapolis. Uh some of them do, but most of them don't. And they face tremendous um a tremendous fear of retaliation from the city if they open their mouth. That is a true fact. And 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 I can vouch for the fact that it happened to me. When I fought the city of Minneapolis, I had every inspector in the city of Minneapolis come to my business. Everyone from the fire marshal to the police department to the health department to the dang parking lot inspector. Yeah. We have boiler inspectors. We have parking lot inspectors. Every single one of them came and, and, and checked me out. Now, you know what? I ran a good business. I ran an honest business. I ran a business that, that um, yeah, my boiler license was up to date. My parking lot was clean. My, I passed all my health department uh, stuff. I never went over fire code, hardly. Um, oh, yeah, I mean, there's just, I was a good business owner. And I chose to speak out about the smoking ban. I chose to speak out about property rights. I chose to speak out. Property rights is what got me involved in politics, eminent domain. And that's where I started it. And then it continued on to the to the smoking ban. It was like pulling teeth. 
to try to get other businesses to help. And then once the city of Minneapolis, whatever inspector it was, they would they would say, look, Sue, look, you look at what they're doing to you. The media is demonizing you. The um, every inspector that the city has is coming through your front door. And, you know, look at that. It's crazy. Oh, not to mention the hate mail that I got. Oh, my gosh. Um, I had people come in and say, I hope your mom dies of cancer. I hope you die of cancer. And 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 to be fair, there were a handful of them. We actually did sit down and and have a rational conversation about it. But you know what? Every single thing I predicted about the smoking ban came true. Every single one of them. And in hindsight, when you look back on all the things I said and all the things I tried to tell people, I was 100% right. And those people were wrong. And now we have thousands and thousands of less businesses in the state of Minnesota and thousands more who no longer have a job in the hospitality industry because of that. So downtown Minneapolis businesses... Uh, I appreciate your effort to try to get organized. I appreciate your effort to try to have an influence on the city council races because the mayor's a done deal. The mayor's a a done deal, and you're going to have a hard time uh, impacting that one. I tell you guys all the time that I still do business consulting. I still help people, mostly in the hospitality industry, but but, um, I have branched out a little bit more. Um, I tell you how you have to get involved, and I tell you, don't do business in Minneapolis. Don't. Go somewhere else. You can make a lot more money and have a lot more hassles and, and and have a much better life somewhere else when you don't have the boot of government on your throat. I don't think I can stress this enough to people. And and it's not just about the owner making money, by the way, because when the owner makes money, that's you understand why that's a good thing. If the government comes in and puts you out of business... You, you not only don't make any money, you don't pay any taxes, you don't provide any goods and services, but you also don't provide jobs for anyone. And I am just so frustrated. Uh, and Well, let me say, first of all, thank you to the Minneapolis Regional Chamber of Commerce and thank you to the Downtown Council and thank you to the Building Owners and Managers Association. They're at least trying to get together uh, and trying to raise some money and trying to raise an impact on it because some of these people are socialists that are running. Some of these people want government to run absolutely everything. And it is already hard enough to do business in the state of Minnesota with. And and it was kind of funny because Steve Kramer, Steve Kramer's the president of the downtown council. He said, I've lived here and been active since 1979. So I've seen a few of these things come and go. This is by far the most consequential. Are you stupid, Steve Kramer, or what? You certainly haven't been active since 1979 or we wouldn't see Minneapolis sitting where it is right now. So maybe you think you've been active, but you haven't been, and you haven't done squat. And when you think about the Minneapolis City Council, it approved a $15 minimum wage. It approved a paid sick leave. It put restrictions on menthol cigarettes. Cigarettes. It put, um, um, oh, what else did they do that? Made me so well. They raised your energy costs. They raised your taxes. They raised your transit tax. They they did they. Oh, so many things. But Kramer's exactly right when he says things could still get worse. 
It could still get worse. And the problem is, folks, don't say, oh, that's just Minneapolis. They get what they deserve. We're the ones that have to bail out Minneapolis when they jack everything up like this. They still have rent control that they're looking at. They still have um, where, where they want to tell you how many um, s- the scheduling regulations. There's additional taxes. There's development and uh, economic development. There's all kinds of things. Uh, and and really, when you look at the 13 seats, seven of the city councils um, city council seats are very very hotly contended. And it's just crazy when you look at some of these candidates. And I just shake my head and I just think, where were you people? What happened? What what happened to to my beautiful city, to my city that I love so much, to the city that that I ran my business there for 30 years. I went to college okay, for two years at the University of Minnesota. Well, and more at UMD and and my beautiful city. And they've destroyed it. They've just absolutely destroyed it and it just breaks my heart and you know what stan we didn't even get a chance to talk about renaming calhoun get to it next week i know because this is really interesting you know the park board park board's up for re-election too so the park board they already gave their okay so it's not really a big issue for the park board race um and but now it's up to uh hennepin county hennepin county is the one that gets to decide now and if the county board approves the name change the next step would be to get approval from the minnesota department of natural resources dnr and then after that they have to go to the u.s board of geographic names whatever the heck that is so and i say leave it calhoun are you gonna what are you talking about on your show today you haven't decided you're gonna talk about lake calhoun uh, sorry, I was trying to line something up there. We had a mismanagement of numbers for the show. You are going to talk about Lake Calhoun. We'll bring it up, yeah. Because, yeah. And, oh, wait a minute. I should give As long as there's fish in there, I don't care what the lake's called, in my opinion. I was just going to say, Stan doesn't care. As long as there's fish in it, he just doesn't care. And I'm really sorry I didn't get to... Uh, the rest of my the rest of my local stuff, uh, the rest of my stuff on New Brighton. I wanted to talk about New Hope. I wanted to talk some more about St. Cloud. Uh, so, but you know what? It's almost there's still plenty of time before the election. We'll be able to expose these frauds for who and what they are. And I can't stress enough how important it is that people get out and vote in Minneapolis too. Local, 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 local. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com.